As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I wish I had learned this truth. Many years ago, be thankful for the days, good and bad. All right, welcome to episode 13 of Warrior vs. Zombie, and I have an incredible warrior here today with me, Ed Trinkle, and I can't be more excited to share his journey with you and give you some insights. But first, let me talk to you a little bit. For those who haven't joined Warrior vs. Zombie before, let me talk to you about what Warrior vs. Zombie is all about. First, as warriors, success is not a journey, it's a destination. As warriors, we all have a history of ups and downs wins and losses that are all a part of making us who we are up to this point and they provide a foundation for our path forward. We all battle our inner zombie as well as those zombies in our world and in each episode I interview warriors who are aspiring leaders from all walks of life, entrepreneurs, artists, health practitioners, business owners, pastors, any inspired leader that has a story to tell. These warriors have a cause They have unique value, and they have a vision that goes generations into the future. Today, I have Pastor Ed Trinkle. He's a warrior on many levels, and most importantly, in my book, he's a warrior for God. He started his journey in ministry at 24 when he and his wife, Kim, moved to Missouri to attend seminary with two babies in tow. They now have four daughters and three grandkids, more on the way probably, He's pastored in Philadelphia, where he also coached basketball, volunteered in public schools, and ultimately built a youth camping network with over 75 churches and led camps of over 1,000 churches, he, or 1,000 students. He has been a missionary to students in the Philippines. He's pastored and grew a church in Jacksonville, Florida. Then he moved back to his home church in Philadelphia to resurrect a dying church from 2008 to 2015. And in 2015... 
he finally found his way to Texas and Dallas-Fort Worth where his warrior skills were needed to successfully, as I call it, land the plane of a 45-year church and school ministry that was really in an unsustainable financial position. And in 2017, launched Warehouse Church in Plano, where he is the senior pastor, my pastor, today. In his spare time, he was able to also finish his PhD in 2019. So, wow. A lot more I could say about this man, but Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today and uh, uh, just visit with you and, and share some some of our journey with you, and you're part of that journey as well, so we sure appreciate you. Well, I'm enjoying having you here. So tell me what, um, I know a lot of the things that are new in your world, but share with the audience, what kinds of things are you wrestling with these days with the, all the COVID and the shutdowns and the moving target that we're having to deal with and online and offline? And I just I'd be interested to hear your perspective on all of this. Sure. I, you know, it's amazing as we face two pretty substantial occurrences in our country with the racial divide happening kind of at the ta- what we thought was the tail end of COVID. Uh, I think the thing that unifies us as a nation is that we're all going through this together. It's just that we're kind of all responding a little bit differently. But from a personal level, we're doing really good. We've hunkered down pretty good. We've been able to visit a lot of our our neighbors and and do some things in the community to try to help out uh, people in need. And we've really enjoyed that a lot. My family's doing good. We kind of feel bad. We were, my kids all live within a mile of our house. And uh, we have three grandkids and two grandkids come and one in August, one in October. And I think we were actually having dinner together at my home when it was officially announced that we need to be in quarantine and not expose ourselves to people that we uh, were not that to not expose ourselves to people that we hadn't been around. Well, we're with each, we're pretty fortunate. We're with each other every day. So our COVID-19 quarantine was very busy. Our kids were over every day. Our trash cans, the Plano uh, picks up my trash cans for me. I had to empty my trash can halfway through the week. Uh, because uh, we were eating in in so much, but it was fun, and we we enjoyed. We really got to enjoy some downtime while we were doing so much for our church, like you do with your podcasting and and your networking that you do through Zoom and so forth. That was that was our life with the church. We were online every day, and then doing our online services and doing daily updates uh, to stay connected. And then when when we were able to start meeting live again on Mother's Day. We're now meeting online three times a week on top of our normal church services. So honestly, I mean, we're pretty fortunate. None of us have been sick. We're thank, we thank God for that. But we have been uh, busy as a one-armed paper hanger uh, for the past three months. It's just been amazing the pace uh, that we've been um, uh, the pace that we've been following. Yeah, I've actually admired your stamina through this whole thing, having seen it from my angle. And I and I know what you're saying. A lot of people have said, wow, I wish I could get back to work or I wish I could get back to doing stuff. And I can, I know in your world and listening to you talk, I, I know that it hasn't been a lack of work challenge for you. And I'm, I'm the same way. And, and some of that is self-inflicted, okay. um, but it's because you're passionate about what you do. And I know that. Uh, the other thing that you have, I'm a little jealous of, but uh, have managed to work my way around as much as possible 
is having five kids and five grandkids myself is being able to stay, you know, socially engaged with them, which has required some creativity that we both had to muster, learn some new technologies. We're doing this podcast via Zoom. I started out doing it in a studio and found out that a lot of the guests were somewhat uncomfortable and being, you know, locked into a, a smaller studio or whatever in the spacing. And it was just easier to start doing it via Zoom, which required us to learn a lot of things, right? You had to learn some things and doing the Facebook Live and the and the YouTube channel and a bunch of stuff. So yeah, it's it's been a journey, but I connect with my family three times and my kids three times a week via Zoom. So that's, that's been actually, I'm more, that's why I say I don't like the term social, socially distanced because we're not socially distanced. We're just physically distanced while staying socially connected as, yeah. as you've heard me say a number of times. So you're able to be both physically close as well as contain, maintaining social closeness with your family, which I'm a little envious of, but it is what it is. And God's on the throne and we're moving forward. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think my only regret during uh, this whole quarantine is that I didn't purchase stock in Zoom back in January. <laughs> yeah, I, I have those regrets as well. That's often the case, though. These things come and go. And I think, man, if I'd only. And I've got a few of those stories in my life. Well, let's do this. I um, I can't wait to get into your story. And then we'll talk about where you're at. But in this next segment, I want to hear a little bit about how you got to be I know you didn't start off in ministry, as as we said, you got started in the age of 24, very young family. And I want to hear that story a little bit, as well as anything else you'd like to share in the next segment. So with that, we're going to take a quick break here and hear a little bit of Ricky Jean Wright. And it's not the getting there. And we'll be right back with Warrior vs. Zombie and Ed Trinkle. But the miles become the teacher while the student learns real slow traveling blind most of the time wherever you go it's not the getting there it's the journey every day it's not a race to see all right, we're back with Warrior vs. Zombie, and I've already had an awesome check-in with Pastor Ed Trinkle, and a warrior on many levels, but I'm really, really fascinated and want to hear about how he got to be in ministry since he was 24 years old, and here's some of his journey along the way. I know it's had its ups and downs and challenges, so Ed... What can you share about your journey? Well, thanks, Dave. I, I think I could share with the, the one, one same thematic value that probably everybody could talk about with their journey is it's, it's sometimes your journey's bumpy. You know, uh, when I was a young man, I had the, just a great privilege of working with my dad uh, in your typical Philadelphia hoagie cheesesteak uh, community family store. Uh, we, everybody knew our names. We had our whole neighborhood that we were, uh, that my dad really just took care of the needs of them. You know, he, rain, sleet, or snow, if the, if the postman wasn't out, Tiny Tees was open. That uh, was my dad's store. And I learned so many great things from him about work ethic and about running a business and how to respect people 
but my dad wasn't uh, at the time really a religious guy and uh, or or even went to church. My mom kind of drove that for our family. But you know, sometimes you know how it goes when you um, when you're growing up. Sometimes you take your dad's side on things, or maybe you gravitate towards your mom. And my dad was such a strong influence with me. I just wanted to be with him. And I had some struggles in school. You know, Dave, back when you and I went to school, there weren't all these specialty educational options that you could have for ADD and and, uh, dyslexia and special needs and all those kind of things. But I didn't know this until I actually went to college, but I struggled all the way through school with dyslexia and, um, but never diagnosed. And then when I did, um, surrender my life to, to, uh, to, to serve the Lord in full-time ministry, I had to start the whole process of taking the ACT test and going through those things that 16-year-olds go through at 24 years old. But it was um, really my journey with uh, going into the ministry kind of started with, you know, when my wife and I got married very young and we were 18 and we had some kids and I had a guy come in my dad's store. I was working third shift one night and he said, you know what your life's going to look like when you're my age. And he was about 50 years old. His name was Chuck and he was a a postal worker. And he said, it's going to be just like mine. I'm divorced. My kids hate me. And I live in a one bedroom apartment and I'm the loneliest man in the world. And he walked out of the store and I wasn't making a whole lot of great decisions. I was, you know, I was taking care of my wife and our, and our finances, but I was out, uh, you know, partying a lot as a young man, doing a lot of drinking and smoking weed and just kind of living a very reckless life. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a pretty provoking thought that that guy spoke into me that day that really just was, was a seed that germinated and grew. And then I had a friend of mine that came and started inviting me to church. And I went to church after about a year of him visiting my store almost every week. And it was on a Sunday night. And I um, heard a great message about people that have the evidence in people's life. If you have a relationship with Christ and that's when I gave my full life to Jesus when I was about 20, about 23 years old. And I uh, went home that night, dumped about probably $3,000 worth of alcohol down the toilet. So we had the cleanest pipes in our neighborhood after that flush and uh, threw away a, uh, a big bag of weed that I had that my wife didn't know about at the time. So that was also some healing that needed to happen. And I uh, went and told my dad that I was sorry for not, you know, living a better life in front of him. Said the same thing to my wife. And they said, well, good, start proving it. And uh, we, we got into church and started serving um, in, in, with students. And uh, I just daily was trying to immerse myself around positive people uh, in, the, in the Bible every day, you know, memorizing some verses, reading every single day and starting to do some disciplines in my life that I had never, that had never been a part of my life. And I told my dad about two months into this that I was going to quit working for him and go to seminary out in Missouri because I wanted to be a pastor. And boy, he was ticked. He did not like that a little bit. Um, We, you know, part of the family business mentality is, is that one of your kids takes over the business someday and the rest of them go to college. And my dad and I were supporting three of my, or yeah, three of my siblings at the time in college and they were just starting to graduate, and I was kind of the last one to go. But uh, it really was, it, it, it kind of had a really negative impact on our relationship short term um, at the time. And uh, my dad told me that, um, you know, that I wasn't his oldest son anymore, and um, that 
but I would always be his son. He loved me, but this was really uh, at, at some level a betrayal, you know, leaving the family business like that. So that was a tough thing for our relationship, but that, that has a happy ending too. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. My dad now is a follower of Jesus and uh, one of my biggest cheerleaders. And, and we, we are very, very thankful for the journey that God put us on even back then until the time of uh, when he accepted Christ. It was just a beautiful story for him. But went to school, took the ACT test, and my teacher said, you don't know how to read, do you? And I said, well, I can. It just takes me a long time. She said, you have dyslexia. And I uh, sat in some special ed classes as a 24-year-old college student with 18-year-old kids, very humbling. And uh, she taught me some tools. You know, it's always going to be difficult for me to read, but she gave me some tools uh, to teach me really how to read. And, and, and at 24, 25 years old, I read my first book, uh, my first adult book, not like, uh, you know, not like Mad Magazine or Sports Illustrated, right? So um, we were able to finish uh, school in three years, work third shift uh, throughout the process. We were able to take summer semesters and everything, got my bachelor's degree, and then went back to Philadelphia. And I was a youth pastor there for seven years, did a lot of things in the community with coaching, like I was telling you before. And God put something in our heart about we really have just had a big heart for fixing broken things, broken, uh, and that does not necessarily broken vehicles, but broken lives and, and uh, even broken systems and churches. And uh, that really started our journey. We became missionaries after seven years of serving as youth pastors there. We took a broken youth fellowship and revitalized, just poured some life into that, breathed life into it from the Lord. And uh, we took a group of about 150 students from about 20 churches uh, up in the Northeast to a thriving youth ministry camp thing that was three camps over the summer, a few thousand kids, and uh, scaring a hundred churches uh, just about every summer. And then we wanted to do that for emerging churches in the Philippines. We had a good friend in the Philippine Islands that invited us to come and help us to launch a youth ministry training vehicle for churches that were already established. And we started that and uh, uh, started a camp ministry network while we were there. Fortunately, I mean, God's plan's fortunate, so I'll say fortunately, the missionary we were working with had to come home because he uh, he was very sick. Uh, So we had to take his two churches, and I became pastor of two churches in the Philippines by osmosis. I didn't really surrender to it. It was kind of dumped on my lap. And um, we were able to grow those churches, build some buildings for those two churches, and actually plan a third church in the community before we came back to the United States. So it was a great experience uh, serving as uh, missionaries over in a foreign country. Really, probably one of the best things that had ever happened to our kids, and maybe one of our best parenting strategies, if I could use that, was uh, spending a few years on a third world country with our children, because it really, it, it drew us really, really close as a family unit. And then it also gave my kids an extreme level of a high level of appreciation towards their, the the privileged life that they had of being an American uh, while they saw what they saw uh, in third world country living. So it was a great experience uh, for us. We came back, uh, served as a college pastor, transitioning back in the States. And then we were called to our first church in Jacksonville, Florida back in 2002 and Kim and I served there for seven years. And boy, that church was, we love Jacksonville. We love our friends that are there. That church 
had gone through some years of, of brokenness from some mistakes and some uh, financial mistakes that were made by previous leaders. And um, we were able to transition that church from a very liturgical, traditional Baptist church to a thriving uh, evangelical non-denominational church that made a really big impact on the community. And uh, we were very privileged to be able to hire a guy to be our executive pastor. And probably about a year after Pastor Frank came on our team, my home church up in Philadelphia called me. And I'm I'm skipping through a lot of stuff here because this isn't the life story of us. It's just the part of the journey, right? But um, my home pastor called me. He was retiring. And the church up in Philadelphia was really in a very, very desperate situation. So my church in Jacksonville, we helped, we led them into calling Pastor Frank to be their pastor. And he's been their pastor since 2008. Dear, dear friend, he's doing a great, great job. And he's, uh, we're actually going back to speak for him probably sometime this summer once all this COVID stuff is done. But uh, we went back up to Philadelphia and we took a church, our home church that was running about 100 people, 120 people. We had $6 million in debt, and that's relative. I mean, you know, $10 in debt is a lot to somebody who doesn't have any money. But the, the church was not able to service that debt and was going in the hole every year. We had tax levies on our property. We had injunctions against us, legal injunctions that turned into levies on our property. So we had to sell our property, and it was during the 08 recession, which, so it was a terrible time to sell real estate. And uh, we, that church being $6 million in debt, we sold our building to $3 million and we were only able to pay half of our debt off. So we just hunkered down over the next four years and just kept throwing money towards our debt. We would buy old debt. You know, we would have somebody that would sue us for some of the debt from the former leadership of the church. And let's say that this debt holder uh, was holding a, a $10,000 note. Well, we would negotiate with them and pay it, and, and they would l- allow us to pay that note off for $2,000. And we were able to negotiate about $2 million in debt, uh, $2.5 million in debt, actually, with about $300,000. But that took, you know, that just accumulating cash, making offers, accumulating cash, making offers. And, and we just, and we were, we met in a public school, we met in an abandoned warehouse, we met uh, in a junior high school. Uh, we were in six different locations in five years and just, we, it was a grind, but it was great because during that whole time, we, that church grew from a hundred and some people to almost 600, uh, one weekend service to five weekend services, uh, a big presence in the community with, uh, big community days. We were big sponsors of and little league coaching. And man, we were all over the place in the community, very, very well known. Uh, for the work that our church did in that area. And then the interesting thing is I had a friend that was pastoring Dave, your church, Canyon Creek Church, and he was a good friend of mine, and he had to step out of ministry for personal reasons. And the board of Canyon knew my journey up in Philadelphia because of my relationship with your former pastor. And they asked me to come down and consult for them after the former pastor had left to try to help them put a plan together on moving forward as a church. And we had been up in our church in Philly for the last seven years. Uh, we just merged. We pulled a, a little tiny dying American Baptist church under our wing, and, and we merged together and formed the Bridge Church. We were able to acquire a building through that, refurbish that building, 
And we went from being $6 million in debt our first day to when God called us to come down here to Dallas, uh, that church uh, is, is in a refurb building that we put about $2 million into by raising. And now that church is in a building that's probably worth five or $6 million debt free. So just a, can't even begin to go through every story with you, the lawsuits, the SEC, and all the crazy stuff we went through. But God used that to really give me a huge, huge heart, both of those churches, for the need in our country to revitalize dying churches. There are more churches in the United States that close down every day than are being birthed and planted. And so when we came down to Canyon to help revitalize this church, uh, we really were not intending to do that. I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life in Philadelphia. But the Lord made it very, very clear to us through some very specific ways that he answered our prayers that this is what he wanted us to do. So uh, we spent our first couple of years here just trying to get the, the church unified again and get the school running the right way. But uh, as you know, Dave, we, um, you know, the hurdles were, in, some of those hurdles were insurmountable financially. Uh, the, bill, the, the debt was, I think it was over $7 million, if I'm not mistaken, and um, the school was going in the hole every single month, and it was just draining the ministry. So we made a decision whether or not we knew through meeting with some businessmen and uh, some uh, ministry leaders outside of our church consultants that we had to make a decision on whether or not it was going to be the church or the school. And we voted with our board at the time that it was going to be the church. And uh, we decided to close the school. We were able to. Uh, by God's grace, you were available and had such a love for that place because of your previous experience there. We were able to hire you to help us close the school year out, which was really, really, from my perspective, it was a very hostile situation until you came in and that thing just stabilized, Dave, with your leadership, probably in about two weeks, if no more than 30 days. And it made it very easy for us to, to land the plane, as you would say often, in teacher devotions, but, uh, you know, every person that worked in that place either found a job, were moved and found a job, but we had 100% before it was all said and done of all of our employees found future employment. And that really was our goal. Uh, the, the children's education with the school is a huge goal, but frankly, there are a lot of great schools in our area. So we, we felt confident that that was going to take place. But uh, the, the jobs and the income of those families really became a priority towards the end. And you just orchestrated that just uh, wonderfully. And then we, we opened up Warehouse Church. And, and when I did, I had a guy come up to me and say, you know, you need to think about starting a ministry. This is the third church that you revitalized uh, and, and actually be a consultant uh, to help churches through that. And through some of my mentoring that I have outside of our church. From, uh, from some guys in the ministry, I, I decided to go back and finish school. And I was able to, it took me about little, probably about two years. Uh, I had finished my master's in counseling in Philadelphia. And then I did my, um, my uh, PhD in philosophy and strategic leadership. And I finished that last year. And I'm using that as a platform uh, of credibility for when our church gets a little more healthier and we kind of take a few more steps in our transitioning revitalization journey of shoring ourselves up financially. Uh, I want our church to be not only an example, but a ministry of our church to be helped 
to help other dying churches, not only here in Texas, but all around the United States. Well, you know, that's actually a great point to kind of, because I want to get into the next segment. I want to talk about where Warehouse Church is and where you are in that whole thing. So we'll We'll come back to that. It's been an incredible journey. Thank you. I'm a little uncomfortable that this part of the podcast, you, you shared so much love for my involvement, but I, you, you do know I, we intersected on that part of your journey and uh, I love you and I, and I know that uh, you know, everything worked out uh, the way it was supposed to. Some people think of you know, having to close down a ministry is a sad thing, but you know when God brings one thing to an end, he starts something else even better and his his will is perfect and there's no question yeah. about that. So I'm 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 thankful that uh, you're a warrior in my life, you're you're a mentor and example. And when we come back in the next segment, we're gonna we're gonna shut down here for this segment and listen to a little bit more Ricky Jean Wright. And we come back I want to hear a little more about where you're going, why you're doing it, and uh, you've given us some things to think about as we get into the next segment of Warrior vs. Zombie with Ed Trinkle. It's not a race to see how many people know your name. One day you realize time was worth more than the gold. It's not the getting there. When you get there, you'll know Funny how wisdom and youth All right, we're back with the third segment of Warrior vs. Zombie here with Ed Trinkle, and we've heard a lot of his journey, and man, I'm wore out just listening to all the ups and downs and challenges, but it's obvious that he's had a massive influence in his community and world and, you know, in God's kingdom and all that. So, Ed, can you tell me a little bit about Warehouse Church, where you're at, the value that you are providing and why you continue to do what you're doing and if anything were possible, where we go from here? Sure, Dave. Uh, Selfishly, I think I love pastoring Warehouse Church because we get to go to the movies a lot with you and Cheryl, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, living here. But, uh, you know, it is really about relationships that we have with people seriously. But, you know, there's this, there's a phrase in the word of God where that you and I have used in stewardship campaigns and building campaigns and uh, friend days and all that kind of stuff. And it was, and it's said uh, this way for such a time as this. And I know you've heard that a lot too, being in the the church world for so many years yourself. And I, I think that's really true about our time that's that we're currently in in with warehouse church in Plano. I think it's fair to say that Plano has some pretty awesome churches in it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm being inclusive of many other churches in our community. And, you know, there's good and bad with that, right? The good part is that the gospel has uh, layers and layers and layers in our, in our community. The bad part is it's very easy to leave a church to go to another church when, you know, the music decibels are better at that church or the kids ministry is better or the seniors, you know, there's just, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a buffet, right? Where you could be very particular about the worship style and the preaching style and the dress style and the, the ministry style. But one of the things that we have seen our little niche 
for our area is, and many people know this a lot better than me from living here for so many years, but Dallas has become really uh, a huge melting pot from, from my perspective to the degree of New York City, Orlando, Los Angeles, and Seattle. I mean, people, there are people from everywhere here. There's a huge Latino connection, obviously being so close to Mexico, and there's a lot of Latino families here. Uh, the Japanese, the, the the Chinese and Japanese population, specifically Chinese, is exploding here with uh, the the connection with uh, UTD that's really close to our church. I think I think over fifty percent, if I'm not mistaken, of their students are foreign students over at UTD. I could be wrong, but I know it's a very high number. We did a survey a few months ago, back before COVID stuff happened. And it was an impromptu survey. It wasn't official. So I guess uh, it'll be like a presidential polling, right? Plus plus or minus two points. But um, we asked how many people in our church were from, not the Metroplex, not Dallas, but were actually from the state of Texas. And probably about right at 30% of our people acknowledged that they were from, you know, this, this state and it could be as specific as Plano, or maybe we do have some people in our church like Jack that's from Amarillo, but that's 30% of our body. 70 for, 70% of our church is not from this area. Their first generation Texans moved in for the big job boom that's been happening over the past few years. We saw this the first week back from COVID, Dave. You were there with us. Not too many of our long-term families were there, but if you notice the higher percentage of people that were there that day were young couples that don't have family members in the area that needed to see somebody they were familiar with. And they came looking for love and actually looking for hugs. It was kind of interesting. And we really feel that we have a really good, uh, our niche or impact has been with uh, connecting with families that aren't from this area that are move-ins that, and are, are currently experiencing the same thing that Kim and I, and my family experienced five years ago when we moved to this region. So, um, you know, and I know there's, you know, and you hear it on the news every day, there's a big fear that Texas is going to turn from a red state to a blue state. That, that's the right colors, right? Am I saying that the right way? Yeah. But, you know, there's a big fear of that because, you know, a lot of people from California are coming and, and Michigan and New York and the Northeast part of the country and people are scared to death that Texas is going to be a liberal state someday. Like that's the biggest thing in the whole world that matters, but there is a, the, the job boom down here is really, it, it is the best. It has, a, this region has had the lowest unemployment in the whole United States. And it's only going to keep getting better once COVID uh, it, it'll turn around really quick down here because of all the new job opportunities. So that's what we kind of feel our niche is, is being that church for people that aren't from this area, that aren't used to like a Southern kind of church way, but they're, they, they, they are looking for Jesus and looking for an opportunity to have community with like-minded people. And it's just, it's kind of neat connecting families in this area that don't have families and that aren't really, you know, tied into the community that well because they're new here. So we really think that that's our niche here. And, um, and again, we really are looking forward to once our church, once we're done from COVID and we're kind of back in the normal groove again, 
we're really going to be aggressive in 2021 with uh, looking for other churches that we can assist in, in their revitalization journey with, uh, with coaching and with help from our board who are ready to jump in and be a part of that journey. Wow. That's really very cool. And yeah, you've done an amazing job with both landing the plane at Canyon Creek and now all of the, the things that you have going at Warehouse. And I've been able to be part of that. And I love that every day. And you're exactly right. I mean, I'm not from Texas either. I came here uh, 20 years ago, but it uh, I wasn't here. But the constant feedback that I get, and I've, as you know, I've brought some young folks recently to the church and the feedback that we get is I've never felt more love than when I come in to this church and I've felt more people willing to help and serve and make them feel comfortable and you know what that that is what it's about right I mean that's what we're supposed to be doing is serving those that that God brings into our path so it's amazing that you have that journey and I know you know, what you're saying is, is going to come, come about. Is there anything else that you want to share? If any, you know, that's, that's a great vision of being able to not only continue to grow warehouse, but also see warehouse and, and our, our ministry have a revitalizing effect on other ministries in this area. And I think that's an awesome Awesome vision. Any other any other things here before we land the plane? Well, honestly, I sure do appreciate this opportunity and even to get to talk about the Lord in our church. And, you know, what we've been able to accomplish with the, you know, through the Lord, really, we were just tools in his hands for sure of, of really the idea was revitalization and actually resurrecting of dead churches. That's what I did my uh, dissertation on. And, you know, Warehouse has been, it's been such a joy to see the, the turnaround that's happened in that church and not just the building and, and some of those things that, you know, the things we get to see and touch and enjoy, but the lives that are represented for that has been really, really something that sustains us and, and brings us joy in, in difficult times. We had a, a, a couple that, you know, that, that just joined the church. She's a police officer in Irving and he actually, he's the guy that works who's a consultant and did work with the Kansas city chiefs this year. And he's getting a super bowl ring, which you and Richard Pascuzzi are going to drool over when you see. but um, she, we had dinner with them the other night and she said, I never knew my life's purpose. You know, I always wanted to be a cop. They're from Miami. They moved here. I always wanted to be a cop. She went to school to be a police officer. She works for Irving. Boy, what a time to be hired as a police officer right now too, but she's doing a great job. And we pray for her safety all the time. But she said, I found my life purpose the day that I was in church. and I understood that I needed a relationship with God. And it was uh, during a church service where she invited Christ to forgive her of her sins and to come into her life and be a part of her life. And she said, I've been searching. She said, I thought it was a job. I thought, she said, I love Texas. I love Plano. She says, I love being a cop. And these are all new in my life. But what I've been searching for, for my whole life is Jesus. And I think that's one of the neat things about our church. It's very unique. Again, we're not we're not trying to be the best church in the whole world. We're trying to be the best church for for the Lord and what He's called us to be. We have a very unusually uh, super duper high level of grace presence in our church. Where if there's an alternative lifestyle that you represent, or if you're worried about tattoos or piercings or what you wear, or you know the the opinion of other people, that's just not 
that's just not going to be something you're confronted with when you come into our church. Uh, our, and, and we have older people as well as young people and young families, but we, I love the value that our people live out every week of loving people just the way that they are. And um, if any change needs to take place, that's between them and the Lord. And, um, and it's been neat to see that. And I think that that value is, is not just demonstrated on Sunday. It's demonstrated throughout the week. So if you're listening to this and I hope you'll stay faithful to Dave's podcast, I know that you'll, you'll learn a lot of great principles of leadership and even personal development in your journey that you're on. If you're not connected to a good church in the community, we would love for you to come out and um, just experience one of our worship services and, and meet some of the nicest people you will in the whole world and, and in, a, in an environment where you're going to feel welcome no matter who you are and what, rep, what you represent. Uh, we're not going to talk about politics. We're not going to talk about controversies. We just want to talk about Jesus and the difference that he can make in your life. And that's been the greatest, greatest thing, the privilege of our lives is to be able to do that with great families like you and your wife, Dave, and uh, many, many other people in our community. So thank you for, uh, for allowing me to talk about these things and about our church. And we hope that uh, some of your uh, constituents will, will uh, check us out someday, like so many have already have. Well, that would be my hope, too. And, and what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break. And we got back for a, a real quick, what I call land the plane segment, where if there were any two things that you could take away or you would want listeners to take away from all this that we've talked about, you've already said them, I'm sure. But if you could give me two things and then obviously finding their way to warehouse church would be a, an awesome thing for to occur. But if you can tell us specifically how to do that. And then we'll uh, call it a wrap. And again, I appreciate everybody here listening. Appreciate you, Ed. And we'll be back after this quick break of Ricky Jean Wright. And it's not the getting there. And we'll be back for the final segment. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But the miles become the teacher. While the student learns real slow Traveling blind most of the time 
wherever you go. It's not the getting there. It's the journey every day. It's not a race to see. All right, and we're back for the Land the Plains segment of Warrior vs. Zombie, and we've had quite a journey here, and we've heard a lot about not only the journey that Ed Trinkle has been on, but all the amazing things that are happening at Warehouse Church. And now I'm going to ask you the one question that I said I would before, and we want to hear is, if anything were possible, what would be a couple of things that we would take away from this episode of Warrior vs. Zombie that you'd like to make sure that we have. I don't know if you remember, Dave, but the first time you and I met when I first took the church five years ago, we were sitting in my office, and that was one of the first questions you asked me. You said, what would you accomplish if there were no uh, there were no barriers, money wasn't a barrier, this, this, or that, what is the goal? And And I love that. I love thinking like that. And I think for us... Uh, that the, one of the messages we like to share, and then the Bible says in Second Corinthians, it's uh, it's a, a section of the New Testament after Jesus's life was talked about. It says in chapter five, verse seventeen, if any person is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And you know, whether you're twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, or seventy, you know, this idea of revitalization of a church and resurrection of a church really parallels exactly what Jesus did in the life of Lazarus, raising him from the dead, what he did in the life of Paul by just totally changing the trajectory of his life. And that's the same thing he wants to do in your life and my life. Uh, It doesn't matter how old, what you think your past looks like, what you think other people think about you. God has a plan and a design for you, and he'll put you on a trajectory uh, in in your life to have influence and, and, and be used by God to do things that you can't even imagine. Uh, and I think this idea of church revitalization is very secondary to the idea of true life revitalization that we can have with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, with God, all things are possible. God loves you. God loves you just the way that you are. But he loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you that way. And his plan for your life is far greater than ever, anything you could ever imagine or dream of. My wife and I laugh about this all the time. We are, we're just blue collar people. Our parents are both families from very, very blue collar backgrounds, worked very, very, very hard all of our lives. And we have been able to do things that that we would see on TV and dream about because we've given our life to serve the Lord. And uh, God has some things like that for you. If you will give your life to him, and become a follower of Christ. And it really isn't about being in a denomination or exclusively warehouse church. Again, there's a lot of awesome churches in our area and all over the world. But if you're looking for a place that's going to love you and accept you the way that you are, my arms are wide open. Dave and Cheryl are two of our best greeters and ushers, like many others. We're going to be there and receive you and make you feel welcome because we want to get you to meet. I'm blessed to meet you today and for you to meet me. It really is an honor. Uh, for your friends and, and, and people that listen to this. But the greatest person you could ever meet is Jesus. And we would love to have the opportunity to introduce him to you through some, some relevant teaching out of the word of God and through great group life that we have. So I guess, I guess my, my, the, the message that I want to share is, if you don't know Jesus, come to know him today. 
uh, or whether and whether you do or don't know him, we would love for you to check us out at Warehouse Church and see if you'd like to be part of our church family. Well, that's an awesome takeaways we'd like. First of all, that you said is it's never too late. So we can start this journey anytime and we're started right where we're at. And this church, your church and Jesus are just sitting there waiting for us to move in his direction. And with him, all things are possible. So those are amazing takeaways. Let me ask you this. You've mentioned Warehouse Church a few times. And how do we, listeners of this podcast, how do we get in touch with you now that we know who you are? I'm going to give you three really, really easy ways. You can contact me personally at um, pastor on, through my email, pastor at Warehouse Church, just like you would think it's spelled, Warehouse Church. Dot com. That's pastor at warehousechurch.com. Or, and, and, and I would love to interact with you, encourage you, uh, be part of your uh, journey and your uh, walk with God. You can also, there's two ways to be a part of our church right now, and this is very relevant to the time that we live. You could come and visit us live. Uh, we're located at 600 Data Drive in Plano, Texas, uh, directly across the street from the Lincoln uh, dealership that's there on Plano uh, Parkway. Or, uh, like uh, probably 90% of our churches right now, you can look us up on Facebook on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We're at Warehouse Church, uh, very simply, on on Facebook. And you can tune in at 10 o'clock and watch our church service. You can also watch it at uh, 10 o'clock on YouTube, www.youtube.com backslash Warehouse Church. So you could look us up on YouTube. You can look us up on Facebook, or you can go to our website, warehousechurch.com, and uh, you can email me, any of my staff. We would love to encourage you or uh, pray with you or do anything we could do to help you along uh, in your spiritual journey with the Lord. Well, thanks, Ed. That was incredible, and I'm sure that there's going to be members of our audience that are going to want to follow up and find more about you and about Warehouse Church and your warrior journey is amazing. I appreciate you on so many levels. Now I want to say if you're listening to Warrior vs. Zombie on your favorite podcast platform, obviously you know we're there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and also on YouTube. So anywhere you want to listen to Warrior vs. Zombie and hear the journeys of our warriors would be awesome. If you'd like to be a guest on Warrior vs. Zombie, reach out to me at myvisionwarrior.com. And with that, this is Dave Roberts. This has been Warrior vs. Zombie with Ed Trinkle. And listen to the last segment of Ricky Jean Wright. And it's not the getting there. It's not the getting there. It's the journey every day. It's not a race to see how many people know your name. One day you realize time was worth more than the gold 
It's not the getting there When you get there you'll know One day you realize Time was worth more than the gold It's not the getting there When you get there you'll know As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.